Hi, you're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. What now? We've had a big weekend. Wasn't it a great big weekend? Uh, this service... Um, so far has had so much energy in it. I don't just mean that in a, a kind of hype kind of way, but, you know, the songs we've sung, how God spoke to us through the songs, um, the, the words that have come, just a time of, of praying. It, isn't it great when you know that there's more than us in the house and God's here and he's doing something and he's speaking to you and he's calling things out of you? And I guess I could uh, just say somewhat my sermon by saying, look, what's in here now and in here, what's in here and in here, deserves to be out there. So in the simplest of terms, what next, what now, now what, is recognize what God has placed in you and what he's calling out of you. And uh, stop saving it up for here. And, and start intentionally, not accidentally, start intentionally taking it where you are the rest of the week. And I guess I could say that and just sit down. I'm not going to do that because I want to use the words of, of Jesus to help us with some uh, things. Next week I'm preaching in a city called Maribor. It's a lovely city in Slovenia. And I'm preaching on the Holy Spirit and helping people receive the baptism on the Holy Spirit. Because next Sunday, as well as being a special day for the Queen, is Pentecost Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday, which is a great day to have a special day for the Queen as well. Okay, Pentecost Sunday, next uh, Sunday. And that's where I will be. And for most of, of June, I will be traveling around Slovenia to different uh, churches and, and speaking to the leaders and speaking uh, in the churches themselves. And then Sarah and I have uh, July as a sabbatical together. So you may see Sarah around for uh, bits of June, but you won't see me for a couple of months, which is why I wanted to pray for, for Sam today. So do pray for us, won't you, over this time. We, uh, sabbaticals uh, are not just a rest, they are time for, for us to do business with God and to decide... Uh, what kind of thing God wants us to get up to, both as people and as a church. Now, next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Minus 10 days from Pentecost Sunday, you get to another significant day. It's actually last Thursday, Thursday just gone. Anyone know what was significant about Thursday? It was Ascension Day. Ascension Day. Thursday was Ascension Day. Sometimes this Sunday is called uh, Ascension Sunday. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on and why it's important. But for now, can we dig into what some of you will be starting very soon on the new Immerse series as you launch into the book called Kingdoms? Uh, I just want to read a passage to you. It's going to appear on the screen, just a little paraphrase of it where God is dealing with a man called Joshua. What's the man called? Joshua. Joshua. God's dealing with a man called Joshua. And you can, you can find this in Joshua chapter 1. And this is what the Lord says 
to Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will give you every place where you set your foot. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law and do not turn from it. Be strong and very courageous. And do not be afraid nor discouraged, for the Lord will be with you wherever you go. Isn't that a great passage? I mean, I would love to preach just from that passage. That's not where I'm going this morning. But I find that passage so inspiring. And and so should you too. If you can imagine God saying that to you. I mean, let me read it. Why don't you read it with me? It's a paraphrase of Joshua chapter 1. Read it with me. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will give you every place where you set your foot. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law and do not turn from it. Be strong and very courageous. And do not be afraid nor discouraged, for the Lord will be with you wherever you go. You read a passage like that and you feel like skipping and your heart is just beating you think god that's amazing because i've got these godly righteous ambitions and things i want to be things i want to grow into things i want to do for you things i i i can see and wow you've just come to me lord and you've just said wow uh, don't be afraid be strong be courageous and get this every place you set your foot i will give to you obey the law Do the right stuff. Don't swerve to the left or the right. Do the right stuff. Live your life properly. Don't play the games. Keep off the slippery rocks. Don't fall over the cliff edge. You've got to do life well. But if you do that, then every place you set your foot, I will give you. I mean, it's amazing. And maybe right now, even as we've read that together, there is some one or some people in this place thinking do you know i can almost hear the lord telling me that that's that's just what i needed i needed that and and i don't feel strong or courageous but yet the word of god has shown me this today and that's great take it as an encouragement this is one of those wow passages that helps you think you can actually be salt and light to this world As Jesus called us to be. He called us to be salt and light. Not a congregation, but things that preserve the good. And things that shine the kingdom into a dim, dismal, dark world. He called us to be that. Not just on Sunday mornings, but throughout our life. And... And wow, God says, live right, live righteously. Obey what I'm saying to you through the word and through, through what his spirit teaches you. Obey that and every place you set your foot. It's a bit like other times when Jesus says, you know, if you live right, if you live well, whatever you ask in prayer will be given to you. They're amazing promises. Living right isn't easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. 
The simple answer is we keep our eyes on Jesus and we'll live right. It's simple, but it's really not easy. But you've, you've got to love these kind of passages. And, of course, Joshua went on and uh, it was his job after Moses to take the people of Israel into the promised land. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, thank you for speaking to us already this morning. We thank you that you are alive and well. You are risen. We are not those who worship dead, man-made idols. We are those who worship a living God who is still in the creation business, creation, creating fresh new things in us every day. We thank you, Lord, for that. And we pray today in this service that you will create something in us, in our spirits, which may have grown cold or hard. Uh, would you create something in our spirits? Would you challenge us, Holy Spirit? Would you call us out of ourselves, call us to something but take us further on into your purposes. So, Lord, would you give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to obey. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So, next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Um, some people call it the birthday of the church. I'm not so sure about that myself, but you can read about it in Acts chapter 2. Minus 10 days, and in the story of Jesus and his disciples, we get to the point where Jesus ascended to heaven, where Jesus uh, called his disciples together. Uh, he arranged to meet them on a mountainside in Galilee, it was a prearranged meeting. They knew where they were going. They probably didn't know what they were going for, but they met Jesus on this mountainside, and he spoke to them. And this is what he spoke to them. And it's one of the most famous passages in the Bible, Matthew 28. All authority on heaven and earth is given to me, says Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Can I read it again just one more time? It's important for us to get this. All authority on heaven and earth is given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Have you noticed how similar that speech is to the one that the Lord spoke to Joshua? If you take the lines and put them side by side, even though the words are different, the sense of every line is exactly the same. It's, it's uncanny, and we haven't got time to, to really break that apart this morning, but a, a little bit later, I just want to draw our attention to, to some things. Jesus calls his disciples, and, uh, and he gives them these last words. People's last words are, always important so we're told and and here are uh, some words that we call the great 
Commission. And the problem sometimes with labelling things, like we have done with the Great Commission, is that it becomes this very separated set of phrases that we park on a shelf in our head or our heart. And it loses a bit of its impetus and its life because, oh, it's the Great Commission. Someone, those of you who are long in the tooth as Christians, and someone said, what's the, the Great Commission? You'll just be able to rattle it off. Go therefore into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey all the things I have commanded you. And lo, good word, lo, I am with you always. I mean, we just, it's just there, the Great Commission. And we lose a sense of what it is. Here's something that I think is true. That we don't find that passage quite as inspiring as the Joshua passage. Why? Because you and I know we are nothing like Joshua. He was Moses' assistant. He'd been up mountains and seen the glory and Moses' shining face. And he was a warrior as well. And he, he was so far ago. It's, it's a ridiculous time ago. But the people who heard these words, they're just like you and me. They're just like you and me. And so this passage is less inspiring but has more of a challenge to us. Because you really can imagine Jesus saying this to you. It's difficult to imagine him saying the Joshua passage to you because it it's one of those stories that you think, I can't get myself in that story. But this one, you can imagine yourself standing before Jesus and he looks you in the eyes. And he gives that speech. Why does he give that speech? Because it's vital he gives that speech before he leaves he wasn't filling time he wasn't just grabbing words out of thin air this was a prearranged meeting the bible tells us they arranged to meet jesus here he'd got this already he'd worked on it this was prepped this was this was honed they gotta hear this they've really got to get this and he says these words This is how the passage actually starts. Before we, get, before we got to the bit that I put on the screen. It says this and you can read it. It says the disciples met with Jesus. And it says this. Some doubted. Some doubted. Don't you find that fascinating? I mean that makes, for, for me, that makes these disciples even more like me. Right? Some doubted. Doesn't mean they doubted their their faith, although they may have done. The, the actual word means this, that they were hesitant and uncertain. What's going on here? What is this all about? What, what's Jesus about to say? Why has is, why is he even gathered us here? Because remember, only a, a few days before, they'd been arguing amongst themselves about who is the greatest. Just a few weeks before, a couple of them had been wanting to call fire down on people they didn't like. I mean, these were not the perfect people. They're like me. They're like you. I can't relate to Joshua, but I can relate to this group of people. 
And Jesus gets them together, and there's this bunch of doubtful people, hesitant and uncertain, cautious about what's coming next. And he looks in their eyes, and he can tell that's what they're like. Anyone ever been hesitant about what God might say or call you to, what you might do? Anyone even doubted their faith? Yes. Ever, ever been through a, a period of life where so many things are going on and questions are happening and incidences and circumstances, trauma and, and tragedies, where everything that seemed certain has now been replaced with uncertainty? Yeah. Well, well done. You're just like the disciples. And there they were, gathered together on this hillside to hear this speech. And if people's last words are important, that Jesus has really got this, honed. Maybe practicing it in front of the mirror. I don't know. And he starts this way. I have all authority. You know, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. That's how he starts. But Russ, I thought the Great Commission started with go. No, it doesn't start with go. I'm so glad it doesn't start with go. It starts with Jesus saying this. All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Just like the Joshua speech, the Lord said, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. The authority I had with Moses, I have with you. The wonders I worked with Moses, I'll work with you. How Moses saw me, I'm just the same. And Jesus says to people like you and me, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. He said this, I have all authority over all you will ever face. And therefore, over you. And this is worth is just pondering because what use is us being salt and light if the person that we're trying to spread and share the good news of doesn't have all authority? So Jesus comes to us and, uh, and he says, Danny, look, I've got a challenge coming for you. I'm not, I haven't got to it yet. I've got the challenge coming, but you must know this first. All authority in heaven and earth is given to me. I have authority over everything you will ever face. And I have authority over you. That's where he starts. How often do you think about Jesus having authority over you? Maybe we need to call that to mind more. Sometimes we think, I invited Jesus into my heart. There he is there. Little Jesus in my heart. But actually Jesus says, no, I invite you to follow my heart. You, you follow me. I will be with you, I will be in you, but, but you follow me. That's why we call ourselves followers of Jesus. We don't carry a little Jesus around with us. We hang on his shirt tails. Jesus, where are you going next? I want to be with you. That's how it works. And I love, I love the fact that this passage starts that way. That, you see, I'm a, I'm a strategist, which makes me a worrier. Okay? 
I worry about things that are never going to happen. I, I, I can think about 10, 12 possible ways this next decision will work out over the next week. And 11 of them are terrible. <laughs> All right, everything's going to go wrong. That's just, the way my, that's just the way my mind works. And yet Jesus says, Russ, Russ, I have authority over everything you will ever face. And over you. And then he goes on. So, go. Go. Without restriction. You know, um, I don't know whether you've ever thought this. I puzzled over it for a long time. Why did Jesus have to go? Why did he have to leave anyway? He'd got his resurrected body, and it was an amazing body. If you, you read it, you can see the kind of things he could do. Why did he have to go? Why couldn't he just stay? Hey, I've done it. They've crucified me. I, I died. Uh, I've rescued you from sin, shame, and guilt. I've risen again. Here I am in this amazing body. And now I'm going to hang around. Let's bring the kingdom in. Look, go, wow, that's amazing. And there are reasons why Jesus had to ascend, and it would take too long, but, we, but he's a priest, and priests, priests always have to go into the holy place to offer their sacrifice. After they've offered a sacrifice, they have to go into the holy place, and, and that's where Jesus' holy place is. And he's also a king, isn't he? And kings always have to take their throne, right? After they've won a battle. And so it was really important in the story that Jesus left. But remember, Jesus could only be in one place at one time. When Jesus was walking on water out to the people in the boat, he wasn't healing someone back in this village. Jesus was in one place at one time. But here he says to a group of people, so go. Go. And the authority that I have now is with you. You go. So I don't know how many people were in front of Jesus at that time. 20, 30, 40, there'd be more than 12. And, and he said, go. It's like Jesus was suddenly in 30, 40 places. Here's the authority. Now go. How many of us are here this morning? 160, 170. Go. Unrestricted. What did Jesus say next? Make, teach, baptize. Go and make disciples. Teaching them to obey everything I've taught you. What was one thing he taught them? To go and make disciples. It's a cyclical thing, right? So go and make disciples. Teaching them to obey everything I've taught you. And then baptize them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I have a very simple definition of Disciple. I think we've got it on screen. For me, a disciple is someone who is always learning to live in response to the grace shown to them by God. That's my job. If I am to make disciples, all my job is this, is to, is to come to people like you know, James or, or Lucy or Mark and just, and just help them live in response to the grace of God 
that has already been shown to them. Sometimes we think about disciple making as really, really difficult. I've got the, they've got to get a theology degree. That's a good disciple. They've got to be baptized in, in this time scale. They've got to go to platform 60. They've got to do this and then we tick it all off and... And if there's enough scores and they get high enough on the star chart, they're well on to being a disciple now. And No. Just help people learn to live their life in response to the grace of God that has been shown to them. Do you know what I find really challenging is that thief on the cross next to Jesus arriving at the pearly gates in paradise. And St. Peter's there. It's, none of this is real. Okay, you understand? This is not how it's like at all. This is just a cliche, right? And the, he's at the pearly gates and St. Peter's there. And he says, okay, uh, great. Uh, what have you achieved as a Christian through life? The thief says, nothing. I haven't done anything. Oh, when were you baptized? Not being baptized. When did you do the Immerse program and read through at least one book of the Old Testament? I've not done that. Alpha? No, I've not done Alpha. No. Have you done any praying at all? No. Not done any praying at all. Um, tell me, how did you get here? The guy on the middle cross told me I could come. And I love that. See, the only opportunity that man had to respond to the grace that was shown him was to say, Jesus, help. And Jesus said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Now, that's not like most of us. Most of us are given opportunities to live life. We have weeks, months, and years to respond to the grace that has been shown to us. And as good disciples, we should, we should do that. Christ came to give us life and life to the life and life to the full. That doesn't mean, oh, prosperity and big cars and loads of money. It doesn't mean that. It means, means when you laugh, laugh really well. When you grieve, Grieve really well. When you care for someone, care for them really well, fully. When you read scripture, read it with intent. When you pray, don't pray fancy, just pray honestly, fully. And we could go on and on and on. And that itself is challenging, isn't it? To be a disciple. Lord, you've shown me this much, much grace. Help me live in response to that grace that you've shown me. Help me be intentional about it. And then help me go and help other people do that. And then Jesus says this. And I am with you. I am with you. Oh, that great? Wasn't it lovely to hear Jess speak and encourage us early? She knows Jesus is with her. Through thick and thin, sunshine and rain, 
deep dark valleys, bright mountaintops. Jesus is with us and still has that authority over everything we will face and still says to us today, go. What does he say? Go. What do we like saying? Come. That's what we like saying. Come. Come to church. Come to church. Jesus says, go. Now, coming to church is great, okay? All the rest of the New Testament is written to churches, encouraging them to get people to come and how to behave as a church that's come together. But here, Jesus, he says, go. So, here, there, and everywhere is what our big weekend was called last weekend. And it was called that because that's our, the name of our season as a church at the moment. Here, there, everywhere. The two heart statements of our church are this, that we, we help people find and follow Jesus, number one. Two, we love to transform people and places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. They're our two unshakable heart statements. But the season that we're walking into is called here, there, and everywhere. And it's about this celebrating our scatteredness. Celebrating our scatteredness. Just wave at me now if you don't live in Scunthorpe. I mean, that's probably half of us, right? You can pop your hands down celebrating our scatteredness and then uh, resourcing the scattered and then the challenging one scattering the resourced right? what's, what's, what's that about? it's about acknowledging that as a church we are already here, there and everywhere <clears throat> but are we being all we could be here, there, and everywhere. Are we, are we properly going as we're here, there, and everywhere? Do we sense that Jesus has said, I have authority over where you are, here, there, and everywhere? Are we making anything in our here, there, and everywhere? Are we teaching anything? What are we doing in our here, there, and everywhere we are we have three couples this morning who I'm really proud of because they are pioneering from scratch uh, new small groups so in Curtin Curtin Paul and Janet Sillabon Paul's disappeared has it been the rapture NLK. we've got it all wrong it's NLK okay We've all got it wrong. He's got it right. Uh, so, uh, Janet, come on, stand up, Janet. She's the better half anyway. Everyone, uh, Janet uh, and Paul are pioneering a small group in Curtin in Lindsay. Give them a round of applause. Great. Bless you, Janet. You had a barbecue recently. Fantastic. Had a barbecue, invited the neighbours. We'll hear about it. You're starting your first meeting on the 7th of next month. Amazing. Come on. That's great. It's fantastic. Um, in Haxi, we have uh, Ken and Ros Bentham. Ken and Ros, you stand up just so everyone knows who you are. Yeah, that's great. From scratch, 
from scratch. I mean, it's really brave pioneering. It's not like, oh, I'm going to take seven of this small group and we've just divided off and we're going to do it. Haxi, I mean, to be fair, there's only six people living in Haxi, but <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not true. But that's where they live, you see. Yeah. That's where they live. And so the authority of Jesus Christ has to be active in Haxi. Your going has to be in Haxi. I mean, I know you work in other places, but that's where you are. And we forget this, don't we? We forget it. Thank you. Brilliant. It's great. Um, and in Gainsborough, Gainsborough of all places, that's like really down south, is um, we have Tapiwa and Tanya. Where are they? Oh, over here, way over here. That's great. Fantastic. That's brilliant. And um, starting from scratch, starting from scratch, it's amazing. You can take your seats, don't milk it. Fantastic. <laughs> Look, and, we, and we've, uh, in Barnaby, even and Maggie came to us and they said, we've got this upstairs above, a, above our truck stop. Um, bit of a dump at the moment, but do what you like with it. And so we thought, well, let's do a trucker's chapel in, in Barnaby on the A18. That's happened. John and Dawn Andrews doing a Bible study uh, in uh, their home in Ludington. Only four people live in Ludington, okay, in, in Ludington. And um, it, it's fantastic. It's great. And people live all over the place across this county. And you can see I've got a map behind me. It's being brought on stage. And that's because we, I want us to do sim, something symbolic right at the end of, of when I've talked to you. But here's, here's something true. Before we express church before we express church out there I must express Christ where I am you see as part of here there and everywhere does new life want to plant expressions of church around North Lincolnshire yes have we got anything set in stone and a plan to do so in a certain town no, because we know this. First, before we plant an expression of church, I have to express Christ. And if we get that wrong, then all we do is duplicate services and duplicate events and duplicate a feeling. Yet, if I and you as an individual can express Christ wherever we go, then already in these places around North Lincolnshire is salt and light doing what it should be doing, preparing the way for something else to happen. Isn't that great? And we want ideas from people who live across North Lincolnshire as well. Hey, I live in, I'm just looking at a couple here, um, Ros and Phil, they live in Corringham. Three people live in Corrigan. Okay, Corrigan. Uh, most of you have never been to Corrigan, okay? And, um, but there they are in Corrigan. I know nothing about Corrigan. Who knows something about Corrigan? They know something about Corrigan. What does Corrigan need? How can we, as a church, help resource the scattered so that Jesus can be more manifest, salt and light, in Corringham. What about where you are? This is part of what here, there and everywhere 
is. It's not about resourcing this. It's about helping this resource what is out there. We would love for you to say, hey, I live in wherever, and I just have this sense that it would be great if I could start this here. Wow, that's a conversation. That'd be lovely. Does it smell like Jesus? Is it feasible? Is it a challenge? That's good. Maybe we ought to try something and just see if Jesus is in this. Wouldn't that be exciting? If as a church we can grasp something like that. Before we express church, I must express Christ. And I just want to deal, deal with something now, if I may, which sometimes we fall into a, a, the trap of as Christians. And excuse me saying this, but, but I know in my life I fall into this trap. You've heard the saying, words are cheap. You've heard the old saying, uh, preach Christ and if necessary use words. And so often we can fall into the trap of doing it, my, my words don't matter. I'll just do good deeds. Hello? <laughs> I'll just do good stuff. I'll just do good stuff and people will see me doing good stuff and eventually they'll find Jesus. Mm, very unlikely. Never happened that, like that in the Bible. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Do you know, we, we have to be people who do righteous acts and good deeds and then speak about the one who drives us to do those kind of things. I support Liverpool Football Club. This is a, I, I'm struggling this morning to even <laughs> get an ounce of energy, to be fair. No, it's not true. Um... Do more people know I support Liverpool than know I support Jesus? You see, we can fall into this trap saying, I don't need to talk about Jesus. I don't need to talk about my faith. My faith, my faith is a private thing. Let me tell you, <laughs> no way is your faith a private thing. It's the most public thing imaginable. Okay? Your, your faith isn't a private thing. Uh, and so often I think we can fall into the trap of saying, okay, of the choice between words and deeds, I'll just go for deeds. I'll just be nice. That's what I'll do. I'll be nice. And eventually the Holy Spirit will come down and cause these people to see that through my niceness, Jesus is behind it all. And by the grace of God, that does happen sometimes. But most of the time it doesn't. People will say, what was your weekend like? And you will tell them about the Friday night barbecue or the football match you watched on Sunday afternoon or the shopping you did at Meadowall on Saturday. One thing you will not tell them is Sunday morning, I gather together with other people who worship Jesus Christ. You will not do that. And it's not about church, it's about him. And so all I'm trying to do here in this, this challenge is encourage us and encourage me to get Jesus on our lips. Let's get Jesus on our lips. If I can talk about Mo Salah, Roberto Firmino, Jurgen Klopp. I mean, they're down there and Jesus is here. Why do I talk about them so much when people ask me? And yet this is, I can't do it. 
And yet these have not changed my life one bit. If Liverpool never played again, it wouldn't change my life one bit. But if Jesus said, I'm not talking to you, Russ, I'm bereft. Words and deeds. It's a challenge. Let's have Jesus on our lips. Let's be willing to share and tell our reason for the faith that's in us. <clears throat> what time is it? 11.47. I've got to finish. You think Jesus sometimes picks us up. He said, I just want to write my name over Gainsborough. Sometimes he has to open us and squeeze us. See, I love ink pens. And uh, Jesus knows he put in there. He has to squeeze it out. I've just got to get something out. Just got to write my name over Gainsborough. Come on, I know I put ink in there, Jesus is saying. And then finally, Tapiwa and Tanya go, yeah, I've got some ink in me. Let's do something. Sometimes we're all like a... Uh, a dried up ink pen. We look absolutely fantastic, don't we? I mean, it's a beautiful pen. And it looks like it should do the things it was made to do. But actually, one of the most important things, recognizing the authority of Jesus Christ in heaven and earth, bestowed through us with the challenge to go and make disciples and it's like we can't ride well the music started playing so I guess I'm supposed to round up now but this is what I'd love to happen it's only a symbolic thing we've got a map here and uh, lots of pens um, and I live there so I'll write the name Jesus um, and I visit here regularly, so I'll write the name Jesus. Oh, there, Barnaby, I'm often at the Truckers Chapel. Jesus. Who's next? Oh, you're going to play the piano, but now you go for a pen. There you go. <laughs> Appleby. Who's next? Come on. I've got loads of pens. Don't write your own name. Please don't write your own name. Where do you live? Where do you go? And then you'll just have to share the pens. Our deeds and our words written all over North Lincolnshire all for his glory one Jesus so many expressions of Jesus here in this place why don't we stand together I'm going to pray the band are going to do something and please come grab a pen
write Jesus somewhere. Lord, we thank you. We thank you because it's not us who has any authority whatsoever. If we step out, Lord, with our own sense of authority or ego or pride, we mess up totally. You have all authority. Heaven and earth over everything we will ever face and authority over us and in that authority you say to us so clearly go go and make disciples help people live a life responding to the grace that I've shown and so Lord we don't want to be like an ink pen empty of ink Oh, that's so dried up that you have to you have to work hard at it. Lord, help us be writers for you with our words and our deeds across this county where you have deemed it useful to place us. And we offer it before you now. We offer northern Lincolnshire to you now. It's where we live, it's where we work where we spend our time. We lift it to you now, Lord, and we say with all of its issues and problems, with all of its multifaceted, complicated things going on, with all of its nuances, we offer it to you and we say, Lord, you have authority over this. This is yours. Help us to write you all over this place. Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.